A green belt is a strip of open land around a city or urban area. Green belts historically serve as parkland, where people can enjoy recreational sports and other outdoor activities, or where they can simply go for a walk in nature. Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. In the city of San Marcos, Texas, the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance is an all-volunteer, nonprofit group that has been working for years to develop a complete loop of green spaces around the city. And they're almost there. But what is the value of green spaces? My guest, Sherwood Bishop, president of the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance, has the answers. The question we're thinking about today is what is the value of green spaces? Uh, you're the president of the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance in San Marcos, Texas, which is a city of about 60,000 people located between the two very large cities of Austin and San Antonio. So when we generally think about cities, we think about traffic, big buildings, shopping centers, masses of people. Uh, we're less likely to think about green spaces. But that is, in fact, what the Greenbelt Alliance is all about and what you are passionate about. So welcome to Mothering Earth, Sherwood Bishop. And tell us why green spaces matter. I am passionate about green spaces, but I'll try not to get too carried away. <laughs> However, green spaces are important in a whole lot of different ways. Even people who never walk on a trail in the woods or rarely go to a park still acknowledge that importance by creating miniature green spaces in their homes. You know, an ivy plant in the kitchen, a ficus in the living room, maybe some potted flowers in a windowsill or by the door. Um, humans are originated in forests and plains, and our lives, I think, tend to feel sterile and shallow if we don't maintain connections with those original homes. Green spaces allow us to escape the traffic, the big buildings and the masses of people you spoke of. When we visit a park or natural area, we're able to just be, to exist and enjoy the natural beauty without the burden of having to complete a task or having to satisfy the economic and social requirements of our lives. Because of that, green spaces have a powerful economic impact on residential and commercial properties nearby. Properties that are otherwise equal become more desired and much more valuable if they're closer to a green space. And, of course, needless to say, green spaces are essential for the survival of the plants and animals, insects and birds and other creatures that live in them. You've been with the Greenbelt Alliance since the beginning, I believe. Um, how did this organization begin and what is the mission? The San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance, or I'll call it SMGA, <laughs> was begun by a force of nature. That force of nature was a housewife named Chris North who looked out her kitchen window one morning and saw bulldozers getting ready to clear a forested area across the street from her home. So she decided to fight to protect that area. The San Marcos Daily Record ran an article on her fight, um, and I and a number of other people saw that article and contacted her. So then we started meeting together at her home, and soon we were contacted by other people in other parts of San Marcos who wanted to fight other developments near their homes. 
So with the support from the city and some open-minded developers, two of the areas that were slated for development were traded for other pieces of city-owned land near the old airport. And the first two natural areas in San Marcos, which are now the nine-acre Prospect Park and the 21-acre Shuli Canyon, were created and permanently protected. During the next year, we kept hearing from more and more people who wanted to protect natural areas in other parts of the city. And we applied for and won a development grant from the National Park Service. This wasn't a grant for money. It was a grant that came in the form of a, a wonderful woman named Inga Van Nynetten, who is another force of nature. She helped transform us from an informal group into a real organization. And Inga insisted that we agree upon a vision and mission statements for SMGA. So we decided that our mission would be to create an interconnected system of parks and natural areas in San Marcos and the nearby area, and that our vision was a complete loop of natural areas and trails around the city. That vision is now an almost completed reality. Wow. Well, that's a very ambitious mission. When did this start? When did the organization begin? In 1998. Okay. So about 23 years now. Yeah. So you've accomplished a lot, it appears. An incredible amount more, I think, than we would have expected. Right. So now for people who may not be familiar with uh, the city of San Marcos, can you kind of describe the area? What's it like? The environmental features, that kind of thing? Uh, San Marcos sits along a boundary between the coastal plains that go from here to the Gulf of Mexico to the east and the Edwards Plateau that we informally call the Texas Hill Country. We're also above an underground system of rivers and streams called the Edwards Aquifer. Originally, um, 100, 200 million years ago, most of Texas, including this area, were underneath um, a sea that went all the way from where the Gulf of Mexico is now up into uh, northern Yukon, where they connected with the Pacific Ocean. And that sea was there for such a long time that the various sea creatures that lived, when they died, their skeletons, their um, shells and whatever, mostly made out of calcium, settled down to the bottom of the sea. And it made a very thick layer of, uh, when it got compressed over time, limestone, which is basically <laughs> calcium rock. Eventually, plate tectonics of the earth started pushing the uh, North America higher, starting with the, uh, the area that's now California and then pushing up the Rocky Mountains pushing up parts of Texas um, higher and higher, the sea got, you know, pushed smaller towards what's now the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. And a lot of stress built up. And eventually there was a huge earthquake about 60 million years ago. And when that earthquake occurred, the coastal plains basically fell down and um, there was a big long fault line that 
the Balcones Fault that runs all the way from Austin to San Antonio, comes through San Marcos. And when that fell down, it it fell about a thousand feet or more. And then water flowed out of the aquifer um, in the places where it broke. And, And the places where that water flows out now are like Barton Springs in Austin, San Marcos Springs, Comal Springs and New Braunfels and San Marcos, San Antonio Springs. Wow. That's a great so lesson. We're, we're in a very unique, you know, geological and ecological uh, place. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Saul Wakan. I'm here today with Sherwood Bishop, who's president of the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance. And we're talking about the work of the Greenbelt Alliance. So uh, since 1998, when the when the uh, alliance was formed, uh, you talked about uh, the sort of overall picture of what's been accomplished. Uh, are there any specific projects you can talk about in terms of, you know, how they began and, and what kinds of obstacles you might have faced along the way to completion? In 1998, San Marcos had only a few acres of parkland, mostly along the river, and there weren't any preserves or natural areas. Today, we have thousands of acres of permanently protected natural areas. And as I mentioned, the Greenbelt Loop around the city is almost completed. There are also greenways and trails going through the city. Those trails create a unique alternate transportation system in San Marcos that people can use for walking or riding bikes from their neighborhoods to the downtown or university or other areas without interacting with powered vehicles. The reason they can do that is that the trails, for the most part, go along the rivers or the creeks, and when they come to the intersection of major roads or I-35, places like that, um, almost all of them go underneath the streets. So Mm -hmm. it's possible on a bicycle to ride a long distance and not have to uh, cross any streets at intersections. Wow. Um, We're also working with other organizations and groups to develop a system of parks and trails that will connect San Marcos with Kyle, Buda, and Austin to the north, uh, New Braunfels and San Antonio to the south, and other areas to the east and the west. So the growth of this system has just been incredible and breathtaking, and the rate of the growth has been increasing every year. Uh, you talked about the bike trails. I'm interested in that since I bike a lot. Um, are these trails um, uh, paved or they're, uh, what What are they? What What's the surface? Uh, it depends on what part of town you're on, uh, you're, you're in. So we're just now almost completed a, a paved hike and bike trail uh, that will go from, or that is, that does go from Ocarina Springs to I-35 along the river. Mm-hmm. So that trail is about 10 feet wide. It'll have little miniature street lights over it so it can be used at night. In some places it may be wide and paved like that. In other places it's sort of narrow, uh, natural surface trail. Okay. Uh, that's how our trails usually begin, sort of a, right. a, a narrow, single-lane natural surface trail and then over time, they tend to get widened. Sometimes uh, we may make uh, 
stretches of those things make them ADA compatible. So it just it's it depends entirely on the where you are. Right. But a unique another unique aspect of all those trails is that they don't just go from the natural areas to downtown. They also go through different neighborhoods in town. So for most people in the city, you'll be able to get on a bicycle in your neighborhood, ride a short distance to one of those trails, and then go all the way downtown or the university, whatever. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Sherwood Bishop, president of the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance. And we're talking about green spaces in San Marcos. Uh, you were just describing some projects that the Greenbelt Alliance has been involved in, including uh, creating bike lanes and, and walking lanes throughout uh, or around in a green belt around San Marcos. So what, what does it take to get this kind of work done? I imagine it involves both money and people, but how do you go about accomplishing all this? Well, it does take money, but it's really the people, the, the community that makes it happen. We have all kind of people who volunteer and other organizations that work with us. And it's not really SMGA that has made all these wonderful things happening happen here. It's um, the whole, the community as a whole, lots of different individuals and organizations working over a long period of time. Uh, groups like the San Marcos River Foundation, the Hayes County Master Naturalists, local elected officials, uh, staffs of the city and Hayes County and the university, a lot of um, professors and lecturers at the university mm -hmm. are involved in the different activities. Um, early this month, SMGA completed a two-year project of building a long trail bridge over Purgatory Creek and the leadership San Marcos class of 2020 raise the funds to pay for the materials for that. So um, this is at the we, university. We often or? get grants or you, more likely we help the city or other organizations get grants. Um, but to a large extent, we just kind of work on a shoestring and uh, do things without having to have much money. Um, and it's been all those groups that I just mentioned and thousands of volunteers, young and old and families, students, professionals, novices, all of them that have done whatever they could over the last 23 years together that have accomplished something that seems to me to be a miracle. Yeah. But, but I mean, somebody is coordinating all this. Is that the work of the Greenbelt Alliance? Um, it is, Yes. Okay. And um, so that's, we have different committees that do that. Um, of course, different other organizations coordinate their parts of it. So we have all different ways of, of working together. All right. So if someone listening wanted to volunteer for you, I understand you have a, uh, what's called a trail crew. What, what kind of work do they do? And what, you know, if somebody wanted to volunteer, what would they be doing? Um, SMGA builds and maintains the natural surface uh, trails in our green spaces here, and we do it for free. Uh, the maintenance 
of that 20 plus miles of trails not only involves moving rocks and dirt, but also trimming weeds and pruning branches, removing invasive plants and replacing them with native ones, um, making signage, things of that nature. What any individual trail crew volunteer does depends on their physical condition and their particular interests. But it is pretty likely, though, that they're going to get sweaty and dirty. <laughs> okay. And then you also have an outreach and education group. Is that right? And what, what do they do? Uh, yeah, the outreach committee produces our monthly newsletter, The Loop. And if any of your listeners want to subscribe to it, they can do, do so by going to our website, uh, smgreenbelt.org. Okay. Um, and there's no charge for signing up for the loop. Um, the uh, outreach committee produces uh, other materials like flyers, videos. They maintain our website. They speak to community groups or students in public schools or at the university, uh, conduct bird walks, plant walks, other kinds of guided tours as well. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Sherwood Bishop, president of the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance. Um, and so uh, now you mentioned the bird walks uh, and, and are there other events? Can you talk about some of the events that happen? Um, there's also a conservation committee Mm-hmm. that works to, cons- to to conserve natural areas, to get those areas permanently protected. Um, we don't generally own the land. What we do is help other entities get it, maybe the city, the county, the university, maybe another nonprofit, things of that nature. Um, so we work to help create new parks or natural areas. We also work that Conservation Committee works to help landowners protect their own land from development. Sometimes the taxes on farm or ranch land may rise so high that the farmers or the ranchers find out that it's hard for them to maintain ownership. Just and um, so we can help them with uh, conservation easements or things of that nature. Um, the Conservation Committee has been directly involved in the acquisition or protection of nearly all the natural areas that have been set aside in this area. They also do a lot of uh, geographic information system analysis, create maps and other documents, and they may negotiate directly during the process of getting land conserved. Once a piece of property has been protected, uh, set aside as parkland or some other way, then generally the conservation committee's work is done and the stewardship committee that includes the trail crews then takes over. Okay. And then how do you, uh, in order to get resources, uh, I know you mentioned the outreach committee, are they the ones who go out and find the funders and people are hopefully going to give you money? Um, Outreach activities like publishing the loop do that. But historically, we haven't really done a very good job of tooting our horn. Uh, I think most people that visit the the natural areas don't really know of our role in, in creating mm-hmm. that system or getting them set aside. Probably lots of people that hike on the trails or ride bicycles on them don't realize that um, uh, 
most of the trails in the natural areas are built and maintained by SMGA. We also haven't in the past put much energy into fundraising, but we need to change those things because the acreage of natural areas is growing so fast. Um, and because the, the loop, the Greenbelt loop around the city is almost completed, um, and, and the trail that just going around the city itself might be 20 miles long. So we need to kind of, we're, and we have been in the last few years, needing to scale up our activities, needing to get new kinds of specialized equipment um, and buy more materials, things of that nature. So uh, we need to start doing a better job of, of outreach than we have in the past and certainly Shows like this one are very helpful. What is the, as president of the Greenbelt Alliance, what's the most difficult part of your work? I would say as an organization, first, our biggest challenge during our first decade was just getting people to take us seriously. seriously. And that, that was understandable because we had set a goal of developing a complete Greenbelt around the city at a time when we didn't have any green spaces or natural areas in the city at all. <laughs> but um, what happened was that as we got to have more and more of those areas set aside, people started realizing that we were actually creating that. And so we really don't have the problem anymore of people taking it seriously. And another problem we don't, that we no longer have is getting developers to work with us. So in the early years, even up until maybe five years ago, a lot of developers would have master plans for new residential areas that would have sort of a number of different round or square, whatever parks inside, but not connections to a green belt loop. And sometimes, especially in the early years when we would, try to ask them to amend their natural, uh, their, their master plans, they would say, well, people don't want to have strangers walking on trails behind their homes. They could <sighs> use those to, you know, burglars to break into their homes and right. carry away TVs on the, on the trails or whatever. But we really don't hear that anymore now because it's so clear to developers that this the system of green belts and trails has become so ubiquitous that they want to connect to it. So when they come to us with their master plans or come to the city with their master plans, nowadays they almost invariably have found out, you know, ways to connect to the green belt system. Um, and they almost always want to provide contiguous trails and green space through their developments. Sometimes they contact us if they're not connected to uh, a, an existing or clearly planned greenway. They may contact us and say, is there something we can do to help uh, connect our development with that greenway system? Because they'll say, we know that our residents will really want to be able to have access to that, which is right. also a way of saying we know that if our residential area is connected to that system, then it means that our, our homes or apartments will be a lot more valuable. 
Right. So that that's that's remarkable and and very encouraging that they're recognizing the value of the green spaces. Are there any uh, sort of official plans for the future? Well, in the short term, I'd like to see the great green belt system expand to cover the entire state. <laughs> and, and after that, Tierra del Fuego, here we come. <clears throat> um, Very ambitious. <laughs> might as well. If we've, right. you know, we've already achieved the dream that we had originally that we really, that we and most other people thought was impossible. Um, but ours is going to go across, uh, it'll be a complete loop and it'll go along and across the San Marcos River and the, the Blanco River and all of the, the creeks in this area. Isn't it amazing what a group of volunteers who are committed to a mission can accomplish? The San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance website is smgreenbelt.org. Thanks so much for listening. Please tell people you know about this podcast. Listen and subscribe. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. Music